Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Gentlemen, welcome to the lovable dumpster fire that is. <laughs> that was coming. Uh, grown men watch this shit burn <laughs> slowly. Burn. Yeah, I mean it, <laughs> it's awesome. it's pretty apt. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I think so. How awesome. uh, how are you this week, my friend? Not not bad at all. Uh, did we before we recorded this show? You had told me that we had missed a week. Now, I, <laughs> I didn't believe that, but did you go back and check? Are we in fact on track, or did we miss a week? I think we did in fact miss a week. Sadly. Holy shit! Oh, well, sorry, that was <laughs> totally unintentional. Man, we get busy. There's a lot. We both oh, I know, I know what happened. I know what happened last week. I had a great week. I saw. A show that included the New Japan roster doing the Super J Cup, which is fabulous. The first round, what a show. And mm. then the next night, we had Defy. So I was totally preoccupied by awesome shows. I guess I, I forgot. And you didn't remind me. You're typically the guy who, uh, hey, man, you want to record the show, mate? And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that shit, mate. And we do it. <laughs> and then this week, I was in bloody Sydney. Then I was in Melbourne. I was all over the place. So shit. I forgot the things. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, we're here. Yeah, sorry, sorry, folks, sorry, listeners. <laughs> you were sitting yeah. there like having your 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 little podcast that you normally have good to go, and it just it isn't in your podcast receptacle, and you're like, yeah, what's what? going on here? Yeah, uh, how bad? Yeah, I just oh. like to think it makes it special because you never know when we're gonna pop up. Mm. Like, oh my god, it's magical. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's not an expectation; it's a privilege when you get our show. Yeah, man. We're, I mean, we're not doing this for any money. This is a totally gratis thing on our part. So, hey, enjoy. <laughs> no, are you kidding? We, we make all of those bucks from uh, from blue cheese. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, that'd be fun to actually get sponsored by one of those motherfuckers. No, wait. Not not blue cheese. Blue cheese. What's that? That Mexican Viagra we were talking about a little while back? <laughs> shit. <and> there's Cialis. <laughs> Sorry, oh, uh, fuck. I, I forget. Oh, I've got. I've actually, goat weed. Uh, no, Don, John gave me like a Mexican Viagra last time I saw him, and I forgot all about it. And then, like, I was ah. going through my bum bag of fanny pack, and mm. uh, I I found when I was like waiting at the airport, I had a, a Mexican Viagra in my uh, in my fanny pack. Did you take it so you didn't have to go through the the plane? <laughs> Just tr- flew boned up the entire time. <laughs> I cannot think of a worse way to fly. That would be terrible. John extended an offer of one of those to me. I go, hey, babe, should I get one of these? And kind of humble brag here. She goes, you, you don't, don't need, need that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, girl. Thanks, babe. Hot as a rock. And she said it in front of people, so it was perfect. Like, oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing, man? Traveling all over the place. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm good. I, I traveled to Sydney to catch up with my uh, my brother and uh, former tag partner Josh, 
uh, we went went and saw the um, 35 millimeter uh, print screening of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that's Wait. how I, I see Tarantino movies now. I travel interstate to see proper 35 <laughs> millimeter screening like a fuckhead. Classy motherfucker. Yeah, but I, I love it. And uh, man, it was just so good. But then the funny thing was, then I find out I have to go to Melbourne to oversee this filming gimmick for work. And they have the 35 millimeter screening down there as well. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the in the face here or whatever the saying is. And so I went and I saw that movie again with my cousin Ben on 35 millimeter. Oh, quick. Good choice. And let me tell you, it gets better on second watch. It's a tremendous movie. I, I loved it so damn much. Uh, hey, you had pretty o- overall good things to say about it as well? Yep, fantastic. I actually I took aforementioned girlfriend and my good buddy, uh, I believe you met him before, Zach Schwartz. I know of Zach. Yes, we uh, we went to see it, and she had no idea what we were going to see. She was clueless. She awesome. knew it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I told her Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. Evidently, she had not seen any of the trailers, so she had no idea what we are going to get into. And spoiler alert, we could talk about it if we want, but uh, yeah, the, the angle that happens at the end with the Manson family, she had no <laughs> idea that shit was going down. Yeah, neither did Ben. Neither did Ben. But, I mean, I, I made sure that I was kind of spoiler-free as much as possible. I didn't even watch the trailer. Um, because mm. I just really wanted to just go into it. Not, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know the the Charles Manson family story, but uh, that that's really what what makes this movie more enjoyable. That pre existing knowledge, and then uh, again, not to, I mean, I don't know. Do do we spoil it at this point? Do we, do we put it as well? I warning? mean, we if you want to, t- we're vague. not going to talk about it much longer. But you can cut out, uh, cut out now because we're going to talk about the ending of. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, stay and stay up now. like the next minute. Run away, run away. Oh man! Uh, so, so, dude, uh, <laughs> I I somebody actually I inadvertently got that part spoiled. Like I oh. I'd heard that they were going to be involved at the end, but I subversion. And yeah, I I assumed because I'm you know an intuitive motherfucker. I go, oh shit, they're going to do a revenge flick about the Manson family like, <laughs> in a weird way. And I'm like, oh, this should be interesting. I wonder how they're going to play this out. So it did did not exactly play out the way I expected it, but it was mm. still fucking cool as hell. Oh yeah, and on like the first time I saw it, uh, let me just be completely honest. I was very high. Uh, I. <laughs> we we did a, a fun little uh back back alley uh smoke up and then had ice cream and oh man I was I was fantastic quite in another state so I was like really just trying to focus and engage you know I was enjoying the shit out of it but I, I I'm not gonna say that I I was following everything that was going on you know narrative wise and stuff um mm. but then that second watch was really helpful for that um. But yeah, like just the, <laughs> it, it's quite an interesting narrative structure, isn't it? Like the way that um, a lot of the movie is just this kind of like a uh, winding thing that, that's not necessarily your standard kind of like three act structure kind of deal. It's just like, this it was almost just of... a slice of life for these actor guys that we yeah. just were, all right, we're in, we're in now. Like these, we're hanging out with fucking Clint or what was his name again? Uh, we had, fuck, 
I never remember character movie names. Anyway, well, let's say Cliff, Cliff, we have a... Cliff and uh, fucking damn it. Yeah, no. Um... And Rick, anyway. Rick, Rick, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Good Rick. quality podcasting here. Yeah. Hey, who cares? We didn't know this was spur of a moment shit. So anyway, Brad Pitt character and fucking Leonardo DiCaprio characters are just these cool ass dudes who are just actors. They're kind of like old guard of like this cool guy image that you know maybe kind of is passe nowadays. And I think that's kind of what it was a commentary on. But just these cool guys were just throwing in their life. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, real sort of references that a lot of the stuff was based on, and their like sort of relationship and the the stunt man to the other guy. Like, there's a lot of real life kind of like stories that this was, um, yeah, coming coming off of. Apparently, yeah, yeah. And are the so yeah at the end of the movie, instead of Sharon Tate, my family member, dearly departed family member, uh, Wait, really? she actually doesn't. No, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> You had me there for a second. <laughs> when I first Probably. heard your last name, I thought Sharon Tate, funnily enough. Other people do too, but yeah, why not? If I assume it probably is at some way down the line, but regardless. So she gets totally left alone. Her and Roman Polanski's friends survived. Uh, he was actually out of town in the original one anyway, but mm. the craziest part to me is they make her such a big part of the movie and then nothing happens to her. But then they also clown on Bruce Lee a, a God, little bit great. as well. I could not believe how much people got angry at this. I thought it was like just a funny little little comedy kind of bit, and I laughed at it, and I, that was it. And then everyone, other people just like went nuts on this. It was like, I'm not seeing this movie because of the racist depiction of Bruce Lee. What the fuck? Yeah, somebody came to me and goes, what do you think about the way they showed Bruce Lee? Like, I, I didn't think anything of it. It just... They made him look like kind of a like arrogant actor dickhead. Like, Which I've heard, yeah. Like some people, that's what they say about him. Yeah. But, and then he got put in his place. That was fucking awesome. It was pretty great. <laughs> but so yeah, funny. overall, a great flick. It, it, slowly moving and like sometimes not a lot of stuff happens or when they show a Brad Pitt's character killing his wife, they just cut off right before it actually oh, I happens. Love so weird. much. <laughs> just sitting there getting nagged like they kind of like the storyline is she deserved to get killed because she was a nagging bitch <laughs> i'm I mean, not I saying i agree that with deserved, that but like kind of yeah. like well i mean they definitely tried to in the least amount of time make her less redeeming they yeah, had yeah. to make because they were still a hero they can't make this guy's a terrible dickhead yeah yeah no i, I, I thought that was great um <laughs> yeah but Man, it, yeah, just like the friendship between them, like, I thought was awesome, and like kind of the various issues that um that that Leonardo DiCaprio's character kind of went through with like his struggles and kind of that when he's like in that scene with the the little girl, and he's like oh, reading yeah. his book and like the comparison of the character in the book to his real life, uh, yeah. where where he was at at the moment, and he's just like crushed by it and. Man, I, I was like moved by that shit. Like when he actually just aces that scene, and like the little girl says that's the best acting she'd ever seen. When I watched that on oh, the yeah. second watch, I was like, you know, the bit where he like has the tear come down, just like fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Like I, I was pretty much welling up when I watched it that second time. I was like that invested in the character. I was like, fuck yeah, man, you did, you did that. And shit. the way Leo played this guy with like his uh, every once in a while, he's like. Cr- 
going from happy to crying so quickly. And then uh, he started to get a, like develop a stutter because he was getting unconfident at points in times. I just loved his stammering and his stuttering. His, he just became like you could totally tell that this guy was falling apart simply mm-hmm. by his physical traits that he was doing. Like, again, the stuttering and shit. But just the best part is fantastic like, character actor. To anybody really. else, he looks like a big star. He's still doing all kinds of roles. He's like in shows every week. You know what I mean? That's pretty tremendous. But yeah, still, he used to be a bigger star, so he can't hold on anymore. Yeah, I think that's a story that we, we can all relate to. Uh, and also, the guy has a fucking blowtorch. That's pretty fucking <laughs> badass. It built up to the blowtorch scene so well in the, uh, <laughs> like from that first bit, you think it's just a throwaway thing where yeah. he's like practicing with his blowtorch for the movie. And they have this like funny gag where he's like, "Oh, can we do something about that heat?" He's like, "It's a, it's a blowtorch, man." <laughs> it's a fucking blowtorch, man. <laughs> and then yeah, he just I, has I, it in his garden shed. <laughs> I like how like he's an actor. Like, if I could take anything away from this movie, I'd like to go away with the blowtorch if I could. <laughs> done, Rick. Done. Or like they're just like, "What the fuck are we gonna do with a blowtorch?" You know. The next Blowtorch movie, you never know. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but no, tremendous movie. I uh, I put it up there against Tarantino's uh, best films, like especially on that rewatch. When you one, once you actually know where it's going and you kind of like get that rhythm a little bit more, and you know a little bit more what to expect, so you can just kind of like be all right. So what what's this actually doing here? Um, just some of the performances. Uh, they, hmm. they kind of stand out even more. Like I, I can't remember a movie that I enjoyed so much on rewatch as this one. So, yeah, would recommend. It inspired me to go and watch Hateful Eight, which I hadn't finished previously because I fell asleep. And wow, that actually is a really good movie. Once yes. it picks up, it gets yeah. fucking awesome. I love that man. I, for a while, I was thinking that may be Tarantino's best film i maybe still put it up there because yeah i I saw that on the 35 millimeter screening as well last time and i i loved it and obviously it was a bit uh long uh but Mm. i I just thought the the build and just the storytelling and the the sort of loving tribute to the westerns i'm a big fan of like old school western kind of movies so i i thought it was incredible man i loved it yeah this has now become a quentin tarantino (laughs) tribute podcast (laughs) Let's go on to Jackie Brown now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> How about we talk about some wrestling? Some wrestling. All right. Well, the most newsworthy, uh, most important thing that happened this past week uh, was a video that I, uh, I I sent you. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I 
like how robotic he is, like where it's like, I'm just saying these words. <laughs> but it's fucking fantastic. So great. The <laughs> just the the you know, this um just completely wholesome character of our childhood, yeah. Tony Shivani. Like Oh man. I just imagine being the guy who's like thought, I need to make Tony Shivani say this stuff. You know Tony's up for it as well, at any time. Well, yeah, I think he probably got paid the cameo service or whatever. Yeah, Is yeah, that what yeah. It was? yeah, I think so. What does Tony ask for a cameo? I don't know. What do you think he asks? I'd probably say 50 bucks. I'm going to check it yeah. out. Tony Schiavone on cameo. 50 bucks sounds reasonable, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's a decent little amount of money. Okay, let's see. Tony Schiavone, cameo cost. Who would be your, your dream cameo if you can get somebody to do it? Ooh. Uh, probably Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, yeah. This is Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> There's conspiracies, McMahon. Sorry. I'm usually pretty bad, at, way better at that. So. Uh, Tony Schiavone. It doesn't say specifically on his how much he's asking. Maybe he's just like, you know. Throw me a couple blue chews and I'm down. <laughs> Doesn't Scott Steiner do one as well? Yeah, I think he charged a hundred. Oh, check. I want to find out. All right, cameo. Hey, man, this is Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> Big bad booty daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, awesome, Scott Steiner. I mean, it's stupid. He's so great. He's the most interest, one of the most interesting people in wrestling ever. All right, Scott Steiner, cameo. Bum, bum, bum. There's so many. He's done so many. There's like everyone posts them up. Yeah. Uh, hundred bucks. Yeah, you could book him 100, for hundred bucks. Hundred bones. Hundred US dollars, by the way. Yeah, Tony just says he will be available, but you just notify him. He probably he probably bases his rate off what you're fucking asking him to say. Right. So if you yeah. want Dirty Tony, we're talking the big buck. The Great Khali does it too, and I think his would be pretty awesome. Like get the Great Khali to wish one of your your buddies happy birthday or something. Did did ever, happy birthday for Great Khali. Did I ever tell you uh, my uh my, my buddy Rick Great Khali story? Yes. First I want to say I don't want to comment on how terrible my Great Khali I just did was, but then yes, go on. <laughs> uh so Carly was coming over to Australia, to, to Brisbane, for this fucking weird-ass Asian, you know, I don't know, if it was, I think it was an Asian restaurant, like a Chinese or something, this is like some uh, suburb in like Runcorn or something like that. We'd always comment on it. It's called like Michael's Oriental. Just <laughs> 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 a great start as the establishment. But apparently Great Carly was coming out and he was going to be appearing at Michael's Oriental uh, for like a paid dinner kind of gimmick and, and people would have to like pay like $150 to like have dinner with the great Kali. Amazing. Yeah. I was like, what? If this was not such an exorbitant amount of money, I would fucking be there, man. Um, and then if so you're paying like, $150, great Kali has to feed you something. <laughs> yeah. Like just, <laughs> just by the, his little finger, his big fingers. You, yeah, you get to lick his fingers. Like he yeah. eats chicken. You lick yeah. it for him. He's like, going to get the grease off of his finger for you. <laughs> So I'd have this this dinner thing, and then my buddy Rick, who was uh, just blowing up in the UK at the moment as uh, Rufio uh, for uh, Tack Wrestling and a couple of other groups, 
So he get I can't remember who approached him for the booking, but they were like, we need someone to come and um, cut a promo on Great Carly, and then um, like sell for him for the the show. It was like an entertainment type of thing. He's like, fuck yeah! And it's like it's been his dream for the longest time to work a match with the Great Carly. That was <laughs> I'm starting. To, maybe you didn't tell me part of this, but can, keep going. Maybe something missed it. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he's. Like fuck yeah, I'm down as fuck, and then so he goes and he um. Uh, apparently the great Carly's like oh so just say some uh, I can't do a great Carly impression I'm sorry. Uh, apparently just, neither can I. Yeah, just do some just say some really you know racist stuff like you know all all Indians are curry eaters or blah blah blah. blah. And he's like you know get get heat and and then uh, and then I'll I'll give you the chop and then yeah. And then Rick's like, oh. he's a hell of a worker. He's like, get your cheap, che- get the cheap heat in, son. <laughs> yeah. And then so Rick's like, um, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's really necessary for me to say that racist stuff. I, I don't know. And yeah. Then, and then Kylie's like, no, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they like it. They like the racist thing. When I come back, it's it's great. Yeah, but so long story short, long story short. Rick did not say the the racist line. He just said to, built up this thing. It was this amazing video that uh, Rob Rob Naylor shared um, and kind of went off on Twitter a little while back, uh, where Rick's like cutting a promo on him, and then he like stands up on a, a table to like be at, at Carly's height, and he's like cutting the promo on him. Carly is like just comes out to his music and just really so matter of factly just gives him like a a really soft like Carly chop, and then Rick takes <laughs> a bump. <laughs> through the table <laughs> i don't even know if the table broke properly but yeah and that was the extent of it and i think yeah. rick got like 50 bucks for the for the thing um but he didn't get a michael's oriental dinner they were too cheap to provide that so we had to get subway that night and then later collie was like hey man what happened with the racist stuff like we were really <laughs> looking to go for an angle here i was going to be the avenger of the indian people <laughs> <laughs> So good. That's great. Uh, also, big news from this week: we got tickets for Ebola. We do. It's coming up soon, man. We're like, uh, we're like a fortnight. Well, I think I'm a fortnight away from when I depart for your great country. Yeah, you go to Bloodsport too, right? And you're going yeah. to Bloodsport first. Yeah. Wonder what the main event's going to be. How about that? Yeah, that's a bummer, huh? Yeah. So for those who don't know, well, I mean, everyone who listens to this show probably knows, but we're talking about John Moxley and the MRSA, the the staph infection. Which one is it? Is it the same? Yeah, the the elbow thing, right? M- yeah. M- MRL, MSL, not not MS. <laughs> Wait. MRSA. That's it. MRSA. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, MRSA. That's that's the acronym. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. not actually an acronym. It's just MRSA. I don't know. They say MRSA. I'm not sure. I've never had. It's one of those things where you're more familiar if you've had to deal with it. Right. We are lucky that we have not. I don't roll around on dirty mats with anybody, buddy. That's the key. Uh, so you're missing out on life right there. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're not wrestling, you should really just roll around on some dirty mats. <laughs> at some point Find some guys to come over. Hey, guys. <laughs> apparently I'm not living. Uh... <laughs> You, you, you can probably find some find some dude on uh, AOL chat room or or something to line that up. Looking for guys so I could be a man and roll around <laughs> on mats. <laughs> I would get so many offers. Oh, 
speaking of weird offers, you, you, you had a thing you posted on Twitter because Rick had the same deal. The dude who <laughs> wanted him to give him a stink face and he was going to pay yeah. him like $1,500 for it. Yeah. 15. I got low ball. <laughs> well, apparently it's different for each person because he made the offer for uh, Davis as well. But he was going to pay more money for Davis, and Rick was like, "What the fuck, man? You only said like fifteen hundred for me." And he's like, "Oh, you know, Davis is a big guy. He'll, oh yeah, he'll really have more gas, so. you know." <laughs> he offered food. I was like, "Well, what kind of food are we talking about? Like anything you want." So is he going <laughs> to fly you over to the UK, or where does this guy live? I don't know. I just think it's so funny that this guy decided to make his gimmick asking anybody on the internet in the wrestling world if they could stink face him. Yeah, I thought like, it was a worker ex- exclusive, but I guess all uh, of the, the wrestling Twitter celebrities uh, are part of it. Yeah, and I like how some of the other wrestlers are like acting like they feel special because it's happened because they didn't, don't realize it's happened to so many people. <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, Slade Mercer has some pretty amazing, uh, weird wrestling fan request stories as well. If you ever uh, have a, another chat with him at some point, have to bring that one up. I want you to come over to my house and yell, just kind of wrestle me, mate. Just wrestle me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so yeah, uh, John Moxley versus uh, Josh Barnett. I, 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 I was more sad about this than I was about the, the big um, All Elite Double or Nothing show change. I oh, know, not Double or Nothing, All Out. Because uh, I was like, you know, Puck versus yep. Moxley. No, Puck versus Kenny is still a, a awesome match. But uh, fucking, he better be all right for Bloodsport. And the next thing you know, wouldn't you know, he's out of Bloodsport as well. So, ooh, I don't know. Big shoes to fill for the replacement. You got any guesses? Santino Morella. <laughs> I hope not. He's he's Anthony on the show. I'm, I'm pumped to see him on the show, but I don't necessarily know about the main event. Uh, I was probably I was probably joking. Uh, Damn it, dog! Dog's attacking me right now. Hang on a second. Back off, dog. All right, go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I I trust that Josh Barnett's going to find a, a good replacement. I'm hoping this whole thing comes full circle with Bloodsport and the, the replacement is going to be low-key. Oh, that would oh, be, awesome. be fucking sick. Yeah, because he was meant to work Matt Riddle at the first ever Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. Uh, so, yeah, that would be a pretty sweet replacement. I don't know. Other than that, i got all these like Japanese shoot-style wrestling dream matches in my head that I think are probably a bit unrealistic. But uh, we will see what happens. <laughs> Who are you thinking if it was going to be your dream pick? Oh, I was I was nerding out on it with um with Josh uh, from uh, the keeping it strong style uh, the other day, and we're like, oh, could we get like Kiyoshi Tomura, um, or like Masakatsu Funaki, uh, and then we're just like going down the the, the barrel of like all of these these crazy like nineties and eighties shoot style legends like. Uh, <laughs> like Yoshiaki Fujiwara and fuck yeah we, we it's too too much I, I think those those top tippy top legendary names are a bit unrealistic but I mean I'd, I'd be so happy if we could get like uh, Hideki Suzuki back over like the big rematch of Hideki Suzuki and Josh Barnett 
Uh, I think that'd be fantastic, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted, and I'll uh, I'll be making sure to give you all all of my my thoughts uh, from the show coming up in a few weeks. Sweet, sweet. I remember one show we had with I don't remember who we were talking to, but you guys mentioned uh, that previously mentioned Funaki gentleman, and I thought you guys were talking about show Funaki, and the, you <laughs> and the other guy had such a laugh at my expense. <laughs> Slightly different so characters. Yes, indeed. Uh, I mean, Shofunaki is pretty awesome as well. Back from his uh, his his Kaintai DX days in Michinoku Pro. Yeah, Kung Fu Naki was also pretty sweet too, man. Don't let that don't let that slip away. Kung Fu Naki. What was the? Is it We Are Evil? Was that the the gimmick there for Kaintai for a yeah. while? Yeah, they was evil, and then indeed, indeed. I oh, still yeah. I still say indeed. Because of that fucking gimmick, like legitimately, just in general conversation. And I don't even mean like I don't even do it. I just I find it a good way to agree to somebody. Indeed, it's not even facetious. It's just just a thing. Yeah, indeed, Chris. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, there hey. it is. Oh. Hey, I did it. So okay. hey, uh, everybody, I actually was lucky enough to see one of the greatest matches in the history of the world. Holy the- shit! The legendary now, and hopefully a lot of people will get to see it. Uh, will Osprey versus the Amazing Red. Holy crap, dude! They went like 28 minutes. I think legitimately was, if not the best match I've ever seen live, definitely in top five. Wow. Uh, Osprey killer. tends to do that, hey. Yeah, they did everything in the book, <laughs> except for I don't think they ever connected a real code red, which was crazy enough. Uh, they definitely went for it a couple times, nice. but a fucking killer match, man. Uh, I I couldn't believe it, and the show respect at the end was beautiful. Yeah, I cannot Tremendous. wait to see that match. I know that um, Osprey was talking talking that up as like a real dream match for him as well, because obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing Red was a, a big inspiration for him back in the day. So so cool that 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 kind of a dream match could could come together, and of all places, in your backyard. Literally two minutes if he drove uh, from the place I was born, the hospital I was born in, man. And then I had the New Japan in my fucking backyard. So great. Nuts. Uh, another match that was fucking cool was uh, Taji Ishimori and Sho. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh. I love both those guys. Sho is so I didn't good. realize how it, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That guy is crazy. He was kind of hidden in that tag team. Like, he didn't, yeah. really didn't get to show off, but he is fucking great. Dude, he was one of my favorite parts of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament this past year. He had a, a match right near the start, um, show uh, versus Shingo, and that, that stood as my, like, match of the tournament, like, all the way up until the, uh, the actual final. Uh, but... Dude, he is really good. A lot of people are sleeping on him, but I, I hope he gets uh, a bit more of a, a singles opportunity spotlight, you know? Still there, my friend? Hello? Yeah, you were cutting down on me, so I was waiting. Yeah, you were cutting out, so I was waiting for you to, to catch up. Thanks. Every once in a while when we're talking, it'll stutter, and you'll be gone for at least, I'd say, three or four seconds. So at that period of time, I just wait, and it usually catches up. <laughs> <laughs> that time apparently you stopped talking in an interim uh but yeah dude show has got so much personality that's like the main thing like just personality for days between the moves mm-hmm. that's what the fucking really interesting stuff is so yeah great i i see big things for that motherfucker great fire too 
I think his fire mm-hmm. up is like my favorite thing he's got going for him. Um, I can't say enough about the whole show. I don't. I won't go every match. And yeah, we don't want too night, much spoilers because uh, we over off. here have to wait till like some t- point in September before this show gets uploaded to New Japan World. We don't even know when it's going to happen. Wait it with bating breath. All right. Um, but yeah, watch the whole thing and then Defy Forever or Defiance Forever was also a uh, really, really cool, great hey, fucking show. How I, were the exchanges between uh, Pillman's Kid and Liger continuing that feud? Uh, magical, man. Uh, just fucking really cool to see. Pillman, of course, started off acting cocky like he had no respect for the guy, but by the end of it, you know, the mutual respect that was shown, he started tearing up and they hugged. I have only teared up a couple of times at wrestling shows, and this was one of them. Oh, that's awesome. Such a girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think that's that's a real thing. Like when when wrestling can actually like bring such emotion that it, it uh, you know gets you to well up a little bit. Like I've I can relate as well. I've had uh, similar moments before in wrestling, and it's a uh, it's a that's that's a real mark of when wrestling's done right. I think. Yeah, the the only other time most recently was just extremely sad moments when Daniel had to retire the first time off here. Man, that ripped me apart. And then he was back shortly afterwards, so I feel like he worked me and I wasted all those tears. I um last time I did, uh, I welled up uh, at um spring break for Jungle Boy's first match after his dad um passed. Oh yeah. And like that, that just reception that he got, and like, I don't know, just the emotion that he was like showing, and kind of like taking that moment in, and like looking up, and yeah, yeah, it, it got me. Fucking Luke Perry, man, I'm still sad about that. Yeah, dude, awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so, uh, man, Bowler coming up, coming up fast. We have our tickets. We um. We have extra tickets. I was going to say we have extra tickets. Do we still have those? Now, I I love John Kraft. <laughs> he's great. But he's this so is intense. A great start. So I and love he's so John. Quick. <laughs> he's a, yeah, but like it's, I have to put him over before I'm kind of him. But he like he's so quick to jump. I didn't realize he was going to be like, all right, here we go. Now we have to pay for these tickets instantly before we even spoke to you, and then. I'm like being asked to make decisions about our trip for you before I even talk to you. I'm like, man, I, I, it's too much. It's too intense. Yeah, I leave it in I your was, guys' like, on set During this filming thing, and I was down for Melbourne, and next thing I know, I was like, just going through a message. I'm like, what? What's going on? Why are we getting extra tickets? I was like, actually pumped to be watching the the third night from that like GA, no, the standing room only balcony up the top. Where you can kind yeah. of like lean over that that nice um, overhang bit of the the venue. I was looking and I selfishly to wanted to hang out with John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we're coming, we're flying from different areas of the world, dude, to hang out with each other, and you're gonna go sit somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, dude, I don't know. Whatever. I, I, Maybe we, I'm we being have lame. Our... Am I being lame? Am I being lame? Nah, nah you did the right thing. Okay. So we now have stand no GA seats for night. Yep, three. we have GA seats and, do we, and have, we have standing. 
Do we have three standing rooms still to get rid of, or have we gotten rid of three of both? This is a period of time where you're cutting out. I don't know if you can hear me talking right now, but I can't hear you. All right. Um, so how many tickets have we got left right now? Now the dog's bark. <laughs> we have six for the night for night three. We have three. Oh, we still level three. Shit. Night. Yeah. All right. Well, he actually parlayed him off to some guy, but that guy doesn't get paid until the tenth. Rock, right. shut the fuck up. Sorry. <laughs> Are you gonna turn into like a, a social media phenomenon after yeah, back it up, telling back off it your dog? <laughs> Oh boy! There he goes. Rock, get over here. Come here. See what's going on right now is the cat has walked into the room to go get some food, and the dog's oh. like, "Hey, cat, I don't care for you in here. I'm gonna bark at you." So it's causing a fracas. Fracas. Great word. But yeah, anyway, uh, dude, now we have too many tickets, but we'll get them sold. I'm sure. We will. We always do. And I, I, I had to pay John technically for one of those tickets ahead of time. And hopefully he understands that once we sell the, one of those tickets, that's my money. So. Mm, I would, you would think that would be part of the deal. Nope, John, you never know. John doesn't—he's crazy. This guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> and we're following him to Mexico. Oh, uh, it's gonna be fucking great. Oh man, let's not go too much in specifics right now. But there are some things on our, our Tijuana uh, tourist agenda that John has laid out. Some small details that I'm a little bit nervous about. <laughs> I'm so glad I got my enhanced ID. Yeah, you do. You do. We're, we're going to be living it up on uh, Saturday night in Tijuana. It's going to be good times, I hope. I think. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and we're going to go to a shitty random indie lucha show. I hope so. If we're in, if we are in Mexico, if we can find an opportunity to see some lucha libre up in person, I in Mexico, I definitely want to do that. Yeah, I don't care if it's like the shittiest, smallest show in front of twenty people. I want to be there. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, gonna buy myself a fucking lucha mask, or yeah. two or three. I um, yeah, I, I'm just excited. Uh, it, it doesn't seem real right now, you know. Got this big trip coming up, and I'm just like sitting at home. Then uh, less than a fortnight away, I'm gonna be over in uh, in the U.S. of A. Good time. I'm I'm over here like every day. Each day doesn't feel very enjoyable because I know how much enjoyment I have ahead of me. It's like none of these days compare to what I know is coming up in a couple of weeks. Like this day sucks because it's not that time. Mm. So I'm kind of in a pre. I, a funk somewhat because it kind I'm so of sounds like you're a kid in the lead up to Christmas where you're exactly. like building it up. <laughs> I'm so excited I'm actually upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man, you know one thing I, I am upset about that fucking Joey Ryan uh, announcing um bar wrestling for like the night that we, we get into LA. Like that's some bullshit. Yeah, that was Ridiculous, and I know people who are gonna be going to that as well because they're crazy people. Uh, I I wanted to go, but it's like we get in around ten, and it probably starts at like eight or nine, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think I get in a little bit earlier, but I think I still don't get in until like seven p.m. and like trying to. I mean, you're coming in at the other airport, but I'm coming in LAX. And it's, yeah, yeah, that's not the thing. I it just would be look tremendous. forward to having some beers with you that night, my friend. Doing some bar hopping, yeah. perhaps. Ah, sounds delightful. I, 
I have uh, not partaken in any alcohol, and I don't believe I'm going to do so until I get down there. So hopefully I don't get too shitty. I was going to say, you're going to get what, what go wasted out here? Dude, you know me. I, you, you see me. I think you have seen me pretty fucking hammered before, but I don't get too <laughs> fucking out of control. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Joe who passes out. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm Jeremy who falls down without even being drunk. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Um, yeah. we, we already looked over the, the bowler card last time, so I don't know if there's necessarily anything to add there and like reading out some names, but no. is there any like last-minute things that you're excited about, certain matches or anything going into the weekend? I am excited that the Good Brothers... Kyle and Mark got announced. That that's pretty cool. We get to see yeah. Aussie Open wrestle while we're there. Yes. Yeah, I look forward to catching up with old mate Davis. That should be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, working the the super. But Smash outside of that, man, too. I don't know. It's it's. I've heard people like Matt Ryan saying he doesn't look too. He's not too excited, so he's not going. <laughs> that was but, a pretty funny man, response, it's, wasn't it's, it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What's going on here, brother?" That's. It's one of the coolest cards I've seen in a long time. The most eclectic bola since probably uh, 2015, uh, I'd say. It was funny because so, last year this time we were saying about how last year's one was looking really fresh compared to the last couple of years, but then this one's even fresher than that. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, what will we talk about next? Oh! Oh. What did we watch a whole ton of today? We watched a whole ton of Sendai Girls. Because that's our thing, oh. apparently. Yeah. I'm digging it. <laughs> um, first thing I got to say is I did not realize that these two tag teams that we watched this match of had such awesome fucking tag team names. It's two of the best <laughs> tag team names I've ever heard in my life. They really are. So this was the main event of the, the, the show that we watched. So uh, before we get into specifics, this was a show that we almost missed talking about. Because this actually took place prior to the last show we talked about, but uh, wasn't uh, uploaded to uh, Puroresu Dream. So I found it on this Russian YouTube gimmick, uh, YouTube, because uh, the, the, the fucking man, Real Hero, uploads everything to there. I highly recommend it to everyone. Real Hero's channel on our YouTube. Uh, and I saw these matches that looked like really awesome looking matches. I was very impressed by you in one of the last shows that we watched. And then you in a singles match against Mako Satomura. Fuck yeah, I was into that. And then also our favorite female wrestler going today. Uh, Sari uh, versus um, one of those young girls that we were really impressed by last time in Minami. So this show actually took place uh, towards the end of May, actually. So we were traveling a little bit back in time um, in in Sendai. The venue was called the the Sendai Pit. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like their home venue kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we, we got to see this show because it had some awesome – Shit on it. I really enjoyed it. What do you think? We only watched the last I, the top three matches, but I think they all delivered. I agree 100%. Actually, uh, when we were discussing Sari versus the a young lady, I what was it? It's Iwatani or Iwatani or what? Uh, no, what? no. Um, so it was Sari versus Minami. 
Minami. Okay, so Minami, you you put it over like she was getting her ass handed the entire. Well, that's night, what I thought was gonna happen. She got some good shit in, dude. Like yeah. she was fucking pretty tough. And uh, the the running drop kicks where she just oh, like delivered man. like three in a row. They were so clean and straight to the mush. And mm-hmm. the people really got pretty fired up. You don't see like. Traditionally, one dropkick would be like pop for a second, but it was still seriously like an applause break for these fucking dropkicks. Yeah, and um, Ceri's dropkicks as well. They were just some Tremendous. awesome, like really hard Joshi dropkicks. Like straight up st- out of that Gaia st- Girls movie. Stretching the shit out of this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, <laughs> ridiculous. And yeah, like, Ceri, um, like we talked about before, the swagger that Ceri has when she's walking around the ring. It's She looks so cute and dainty, but she's just like... A, badass <laughs> yeah yeah and you mentioned Suri's submission stuff but yeah like the yeah. fucking talk that she was putting on some of these submissions was incredible just stretching yeah. the shit out of her um i also popped for manami's like just proper wrestling bridging out of like every pin i thought that was really cool um but yeah it was like way more uh, from Minami than I was expecting. Uh, like, Sari gave her a lot, but, like, I didn't think she looked bad at all in doing so. Like, sometimes you have these matches with, like, someone working with someone that's, like, really green or just clearly below their level, and you can see that they're, like, carrying them and, like, maybe them giving them, giving them stuff as that's not looking great, but I thought it was perfect. Like, just the perfect sub-10-minute match to me. And it's also a great story. Is like, clearly... Sari maybe is kind of underestimating or taking it a little easy at first. That's why by the end of it, when she's actually torquing in these submissions and finally makes her tap mm-hmm. out with two, one like lion tamer, Boston crab, like, but she was also yanking back on the head and stuff. Fucking A, man. Well, the first I wanted to put over Minami's submission shit as well was fucking awesome. Like, for someone that's like, like a rookie. Like, she was, and I always say this, but, like, better than 99% of the American women wrestlers I've seen full stop. Um, but, like, yep. her submission game was, was fucking on point. Uh, but did you catch the, the cattle mutilation that she did? Yeah, hers was even super fucking cool looking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually was pretty surprised that that came out, because out it did really kind of came out of nowhere. Um and I like the look that they have of these young girls, where they're literally just wrestling in, in essentially what looks like a bathing suit, not yeah, like, it's a, like very, a bikini, it's very like 80s, a one piece, eighties Joshi. All Japan yeah, it women looks like all Japan. Yeah. yeah, so good. But yeah, and... I just love the look, and I something like when I was saying about the drop kicks, mm-hmm. also with the with you, her sidewalk slams, like it's like the simplest things that they're doing, but just like planting them, like she planted yeah. those two sidewalk slams so stiff it was fucking tremendous you don't see a lot of people just working even the simplest moves that effectively anymore especially on wwe sadly Mm -hmm. and that that's the thing that i put over like just like pretty most all of the girls in in sendo girls but like especially the the young girls like the rookies like just their the smallest things they do they do them so well again like something as little as like just properly bridging out of a pin um so good but i mean i i loved the the you mentioned the finish it was like a crazy um like 10 times uh turned up version of like the moodle lock kind of thing mm. and yeah <laughs> so we just stretched the fuck out of it i love those submissions to where it's like yep at that point 
I would definitely be tapping out as well, you know? Yeah, like, save that young lady. Leave her alone. <laughs> oh, man. I, um... Dude, if, if Minami is this good now, like, imagine where she's going to be at in five years. Oh, agreed. 100%. But and you then, could you could see with these students that, that what they're instilling in them is, like, such good grab of basic things. Like, yeah. like, Mako and you, that match, it opens up with just a basic test of... Or, uh, yeah, test a strength spot, but such intensity. It was, I actually got excited. Like I mm -hmm. legitimately like, I'm like, fuck, fuck yeah. Test a strength. This is, this is the shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's hard. It's funny to say that, but it's so ridiculous. No, like I'm popping I, for those I, sidewalk slams. I can completely understand what you mean as well. And it's like, it's just because of the little things that they're doing right, even like from the facial expressions and like just 100% the, of the facial expressions. The, the tiniest things are what actually gives the, the believability into it. And like you can see that they're believing 100% what they're doing. And because they're believing it, the audience is then believing it. You know, there's so many people these days, especially with the shit recently on Twitter, of like, you know, oh, people know it's a work, man, you know, or like performance art kind of fucking bullshit. I, I, you know, and the idea that you don't have to put the realism into it because everyone knows it's fake. But to me, it's like because people know it's a work, like that's why you have to do extra to, to put the realism into it. And that's what these girls did that just like completely absorbs you into the match and like does that suspension of disbelief kind of thing, you know? 100%. Touching based on what you just mentioned, I am in that boat as well, but I also think there is such such room for everything like the reason i think send that girls is so special is because the wwe presentation of women wrestling is so subpar the reason i think orange cassidy is so awesome is because guys like josh barnett are out there fucking being total badasses i then get to go watch this extension of safe work <laughs> to the utmost limit you know what i mean like i can see it as wrestling as a sport as well as a performance art like uh, i maybe i'm just too wishy-washy and want to accept everything <laughs> no i mean i think variety is the spice of life with wrestling i mean even like with the the old school uk world of sports stuff like you see some of just the, the best actual intense like hard-hitting wrestling and then you'll get some crazy shit like comedy stuff from cat weasel and like that's that's where what kind of what makes a great it fun, you know but like, if if every one of those matches on that card was a cat weasel match, I think I would enjoy it less. So I mean, that's yes. kind of more to your point that that we need that variety, I guess. And I can't expect everyone to like. I definitely don't demand everyone like Orange Cassidy. If like you don't get it, then fine. I mean, no one's l losing sleep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I do, I do. But uh, yeah, people love to uh, argue about it. Hey. Unfortunately. Mm, mm. Um, but back to the uh, the match. Um, you against Sadamora. I, I love, you're saying like that opening stretch. The the actual like submission grappling that opened this one out was like fucking incredible. Like it was just such a, I, I love the flow of it, like the realism of it. Um, the it, it felt like, like in some ways, like I was watching a Brian Danielson match, like from that mm. fucking incredible run that he had in ROH in like 2005, 2006, 2007. Um, man, you, you just see someone like Sadamora and you're like just at the height of their game 
and it's like it's just in- incredible to watch you know yeah especially when she is working with someone who's young she can make them look so credible like this is the we've seen this you girl before right yeah 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 and and like i said she impressed me last time so i was actually pumped for this match um and i i was not disappointed at all i thought she really held her own and looked good yeah like the when she fired up uh, and got uh, mako down and then hit her with that senton like like that was beautiful it looked like it reminded me of samoa joe yeah. <laughs> oh, how good were her chops as well? Tremendous. Samoa Joe style. Yeah. <laughs> but um, dude, uh, I when we we also we don't I'm not trying to necessarily jump ahead, but just comparatively, we watched another match with Mako with Aja Kong, which mm-hmm. was quite a while back, and you could still see how fucking efficient and crisp, like working with a bigger girl how mm-hmm. great she does uh, come up from underneath. Even though, you know, she's dominant, she still can... Uh, like there was a spot in the Aja Kong match where she fired up and doing another test of strength thing, and she actually got her down. She fucking pushed her down. Mako comes off as a clear badass. She reminds me of, uh, like, a female Kenta Kabashi. Mm-hmm. That's a good, good comparison right there. I, I um... So. It it was quite interesting, yeah, between the two, like seeing Mako Satomura from two thousand six versus Mako Satomura like what's that, thirteen years later? Thirteen years later, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. I mean, first of all, she's a fucking vampire because she looks yeah. almost exactly the same, not aged 100%. one bit. <laughs> but yeah, you can see different things that she was kind of doing back then that she's kind of like gotten rid of out of the repertoire. Or, or things that she's kind of like perfected a little bit more. Tuned. Yeah. But even, I mean, you could still see in 2006, she was still one of the, the greatest women's wrestlers in the world, you know. But it's just, yeah. just was, was really interesting watching uh, one and then the other one. But um, in this one, I, I really loved when it got from that, that submission grappling to like the, the strike battle of it. If you could almost see the story of it, like um, you couldn't, deal with her as much in terms of the submission stuff so it's like well i need to bring this back to these fucking chops and strikes and shit and then we had um uh, awesome sort of like strike exchange and one of my favorite things again tiny little detail but um you was unloading a uncorking a bunch of these stri- these chops and then satamora just fucking double forearm blocks the chop and then really quickly goes into like a, a counter to get her back into submission shit it's like Fucking, why don't more people block chops? Why don't we see more <laughs> counters like that? It just makes sense. Uh, I saw a gif recently where I think it was Billy, or no, it was Lex Luger blocked uh, Muda's mist by putting his arm over his face. Like, you think everyone <laughs> would have figured that out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost did like the Hura pose, you know, when Hurricane used to pose? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally blocked the mist. Like, seems like so logical. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, there was another bit that I loved, uh, it's like some really innovative kind of submission shit in this one that Satomura does, but there was a bit where she almost looked like she was going to give you like a cop killer and she had like both of the arms kind of like trapped behind, like, oh yeah, but then she just like crunches down into like a double arm trap submission. I thought that was kind of like an inverted, uh, rings of Saturn. Yeah. 
That, that was yeah. I've never seen that. Before. Actually, that was a spot I really liked. I'm like, I never seen anybody do that. But that is a pretty gnarly submission if you're really wrenching in. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then finally, I just really wanted to put over the the selling in this one. Like this, the, do it. Just like watching Sodom. Obviously, I've like raved about Sodom for everything else in this match. But like, I think her selling is the best thing that she does. Um, so like when she was uh, in, in the submissions or whatever and she's selling, she's not just doing like the, the shrieking or the yelling and pain kind of bullshit. She's like showing the, the, the pain and the, the struggle, but like the subtleties of doing it in a way that is, it's like kind of showing the fire and like the, the, like you almost want to just get behind her because of her selling and it's not like she's selling like a bitch kind of thing. It's like, she's selling like a fucking badass, um, wide eyed and crazy eyed. She looks like, yeah. And you can as see soon that as I get out of this fucking hold, I am going to tear you apart. She has that look of intensity. It's like, she looks like almost she's being inconvenienced from not being able to kick the other girl's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in that way, like I, I it reminded me a lot, of like those uh like Masawa and Kawada, like that kind of selling to where it's like not necessarily like, you know, audibly like yelling and moaning and shit. It's just like showing a real like this fucking sucks, but like you say, when I get out of this, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I, yeah. <laughs> I I just thought this was a really fun match all around and just like a showcase of, of Sadamura. Um but I thought you did did great as well and I really want to see more of her in the future too. Honey, and then on to our main event of this show. Uh, this was for the tag team titles. Uh, and again, two of the coolest names for tag teams going today in, get this, listeners at home, Beauty Bear of uh, so- Miko Iwata and Jihiro Hashimoto versus so- Medusa Complex of Charlie Fuck Evans today. and Millie McKenzie. Fucking bravo, guys. Yeah, great names, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, when it popped up on the on the RuTube, I was like, "Holy shit!" Because I didn't see the second name at first, and then I scrolled down. Somebody had to key me. Uh, Wh Park actually keyed me in, and like, "Holy shit!" That's almost a better name with the Medusa Complex. But and I already like those girls now with that name. Like, all right, I got a new favorite female tag team. I I love just the simplicity of Beauty Bear with yeah. um like Awada clearly the beauty. Jihiro Hashimoto, yeah. clearly the bear. When they yeah. are together, beauty bear. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's fucking straightforward as hell. Yeah. And, yeah, this this was a really fun match as well. This, Funnily enough, this show would have been way better for us to watch prior to the last one uh, that we watched on the last show because this built up both of the matches that we then went on to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, you live and learn. Yes, indeed. So what did you think of uh, this one? Uh, I really want to put over Charlie Evans in this match. Uh, I was going to bury Charlie Evans. <laughs> you were going to bury her? Really? Uh, for some stuff. But, like, overall, okay, I, I thought she did well. When she faced off with Chihiro, I, like, she's not necessarily the same build, but she, like, the lariat off when they were just charging each other, that mm-hmm. shit looked convincing. And yeah. I like Charlie's swagger, man. I, 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 I dug the shoulder block lost. spot. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. Yeah. What was your downside with Charlie? So, um... You're looking at things from a worker standpoint. I'm just a fan. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, overall, I had very high hopes for this one. Because last time I, I watched Medusa Complex, I was like, had 
kind of like low expectations. Uh, but then after being wowed by their last match, I was like, all right, I know these girls are good, especially Millie. Um, and I, I fucking know that um, that uh, Iwata and, and Hashimoto were the goods. So this, this should really deliver. And it, it overall did. But there were like some things um, in the stuff that – so with Charlie, to me there was a big difference like straight off the bat between like – you know what I was just putting over of Satomura's selling and the like intensity. that subtlety of selling, whereas the mm-hmm. first like opening moments of the match, Charlie was in um, some submission stuff after they finished with the, the kind of like hot off. Um, like an ab stretch? Something, yeah, I can't remember the exact submission, but she was in it, and then straight away she just gives that like really loud, audible kind of like monotone cell. Yeah, she like, like reached no out subtlety. towards the ropes. Yeah, it's just like kind of yeah. like wrestling training school kind of selling kind of shit. So I was like, ah, maybe this is just getting spoiled from watching, you know, two of the fucking some of the best women's wrestlers in the world. That could be the that... case when you compare it to. The amazingness of Mako. It's I can understand. I just really love their their double team moves. They have some pretty. Oh, cool they were really good. I, both teams had some awesome uh, yeah. double team moves. I wanted to put over, but um, my other point of burial for Charlie. Oh goddamn! <laughs> goddamn! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so the uh, first bit where it was like, oh Charlie. So did you notice the the snapmare kick? So she um, did the the snapmare, and then the move that we've seen a million times, where you do the snapmare, and then you give the dude the the spine kick gimmick. You know the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, do you know do you know the term napping in wrestling context? That's the, uh, in that when you smack your leg for the other guy. Uh, it's just when even if you're doing you know your own move like a super kick, you you slap your leg. Slap your leg. That's, that's, that's called yeah. a you know nap. Um, so when she did the, the back kick, she napped and I'm like, that is the, that is the, the one move where the entirety of this move is the sound that you're getting from the actual kick. The solid third. It's a safe place to kick someone hard. If you know what you're doing and you're not kicking them in the kidneys or some shit. Um, so you can get a good sound of it, especially if you're wearing kick pads, like, like she was. So that's a, a, you know, move that really have no excuse. To be fucking napping it, I was like, that that just annoyed the shit out of me. But then I noticed every point on, every significant strike that that she did, she napped, like every single one, and it just drove me crazy. So <laughs> I did not notice at all. Yeah. I was putting it over mostly because I enjoy her work, and I was, I think she's maybe the least impressive of all of them. And I was really impressed by what she did overall in the match, but I did not notice that at all. Like leg slapping all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the one thing that was so frustrating for me <clears throat> is because she actually had some pretty awesome kicks like that she did throughout. So like, just fuck. I, that's one thing you notice any of the actual Sendai girls, uh, Japanese women's wrestlers, you will not see just napping all over the place like that. Like, they will maybe do, like, some sneaky kind of naps that you don't really notice occasionally, but it's hard to spot them. So, to me, that's, like, a, a mark of, like, someone that's a, a, a good wrestler, you know? Yeah, I get you. 
oh, um, hey, I to- one second, I want to go back mm-hmm. to the Sari match. That yeah. one girl, there was a spot during it where, again, going back to the simple things being so awesome, mm-hmm. she did like a series of pinfalls, like really quick, Yeah, that was actually tremendous i actually got fired up for a series of three pinfalls like she didn't get the pin of course but like minami yeah yeah i mm. actually do you remember that spot yes yeah 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 and yeah, I was, the idea so that the, the the young girl is, is like getting this close on some of these pins pretty sweet. yeah and repeatedly and she like wasn't giving up I'm like i'm gonna keep trying to pin this bitch yeah yeah <laughs> i fucking awesome love sorry i just remembered yeah 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 no it was good it was good um but yeah, on the on the flip side, I thought Millie looked fantastic in everything she did in this match. Especially when she didn't get the pinfalls. Like yep. the look of desperation every time. Yeah. Was, like legitimate. Yeah. Dude, I yeah, just that's my, my favorite thing. Like for the big big uh kick outs that you're saying, or even when she like had um I can't remember who she had in a, a choke, but the way that she was like selling the need that she really wanted to choke this girl out and like the emotion on her face and the, the, the fire while she's just trying her fucking best to get this submission. I thought that was really, really good. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a really fun match. This was very good. Uh, great finishing stretch. Like you're saying some awesome, um, double team tag team maneuvers. Awesome stuff. Would recommend that. Uh, when Charlie had the hammer lock and then they did the, the cutter out of that, somebody yeah. needs to use that as a finish. That, that should be somebody's actual tag team's real finish. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that actually looked better than their, their real finish. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I would, I don't want to complain, you know, too much about this match. There's some little things that were, I was like, yeah, but overall, um, very good stuff. And then we go on to, a a throwback match. Uh, one of the greatest feuds in uh, Joshi history between Awesome Kong, I'm not, not fucking Awesome Kong, Aja Kong, and Mako Satomura from 2006. Now, I hear the, the internet kind of like reduce your enjoyment of this one a little bit. Yeah, like it <clears throat> really started getting really bad toward the end. Like it, it literally cut out on the finish. Like they went one, two, and then my shit froze. I was uh, like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it was so frustrating because it w- the ending sequence was so fucking mm-hmm. intense and awesome. Like, the multiple uh, back fists and then the removal, like, literally taking the gloves off. Yeah. Like, so, it's like a metaphor, but she physically and literally did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking great. <laughs> Uh, I was getting so it, I was getting so worked up. I literally started yelling at the TV. I just wanted to enjoy <laughs> this fucking wrestling match. Oh man, yeah. It uh, this match to me, the best part of it was the build, and it just kept going up and up and up. And even when you think that it can't just it can't get any better or bigger, it just keeps going up from there. Um, like the no cells of the D- the Death Valley drivers was fucking great. Like oh man, They're, but even before that, with the the first um, Death Valley driver that that um, Satomura did that? on her, and just yeah. like the the build up to that of her like trying for it and getting countered and like just making it mean something when she actually did fucking get her up and hit it. I thought that was awesome. That one elbow drop that 
Oh, the I one, think it was the, the second time she went she for it. She went off the elbow drop out of Kong and then... Um, Murdered and then her. She, no, oh, I was thinking the one where Satomura caught her in the armbar from that. Oh, no, yeah, drop. that one was fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other one when Aja Kong <laughs> landed on her completely square. Yeah. That was fucking nice. Nice. <laughs> really was. The, um, the brain buster <laughs> that Aja Kong hit on her on that fucking aluminium box gimmick. I thought it was pretty bad. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, when she went and grabbed that, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Because <laughs> it cut out for a second. All of a sudden, she had this black box in her hands. I'm like, what's going on over here? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I'm just at the point. Yep, Aja Kong has aluminium boxes. And yeah. they're just an extension of her being. They're going to eventually be part of the, the match at some point. We just have to accept this. Yeah, Aja Kong is like so badass and to think about this like she's still working and this was 13 years ago it's mako too but aja kong was already up in her years at this point mm. in time yeah man it, it's ridiculous to think that aja kong still even of like that last show we were talking about where she was in the tag match and she still fucking delivered yep oh one thing i thought was funny that that you know that spot that we were marking out on last time for um where aja kong gets the the feet up when um, mm. oh yeah <laughs> when Satomura comes off the, off the top and then flash. just gets gets broken in half off of it in yeah. midair. I love that they do that every fucking time they have a match so where good. they're meeting in the ring. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're gonna do that because it looks fucking great. Yeah. Um I also really wanted to put over Kong selling in this one too. So get you have someone that's such a fucking terrifying monster as Aja Kong, and yet I think the one of the best parts of this match was the working over of her arm and the callbacks to the, the working over her arm and and her selling of that arm, like even from like when uh, Satomura was like kicking it or or going for those arm breakers. Oh man, <laughs> one of my favorite bits of the match where she went for the that arm breaker after she's already established that she is fucking up her arm. Satomura goes for the arm breaker. And Kong just like fucking pimp slapped the fuck out of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun when somebody is like clearly such a badass, but when Kong is selling frustration, like mm. someone so dominant, literally, like I should be able to walk the floor or mop the floor with this person, but they're I can't seem to get a headway. But yeah, Kong is great on selling that frustration for a monster. And it, yeah, and it, it didn't make her look weak in the slightest either. Like, Hell you think no. the idea of like a, a monster selling is going to make them look weak, but this didn't in, in, the, in the slightest. Because we're like on her, like, we're on her side. We agree. We're like, wow, this Aja Kong is such a badass. She literally should be, be able to dominate most people, but this is not most people. Mako Satomura. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Call back. Um, the the spinning back fists. I will never get sick of Aja Kong spinning back fists. But that spot where Hell she no. just hit her with like two fucking brutal spinning back fists, and um, Satomura just did like the fire up after them. Like she kind of absorbed them, tried to no sell them, but you know they fucking really hurt. <laughs> but she still managed to fire up after them. It was like, I thought that was one of the coolest bits of the match. Just the the 
fire up after two of these fucking spinning back fists of doom. Hell yeah. I the, I just I put it over it once already, but when Naja Kong took off the gloves and just like yeah. raged with that look on her face, like, I got my fucking gloves off, fuck you, I'm coming. <laughs> like, I was like, hell fucking yeah. And then it probably cut out and I got all pissed off. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, just such a bloody good match. Just these matches to where you're like, man, I just, I just love the wrestling, you know? It's... We should, after we do these shows, since we talk about it, that we should probably, like, after we post the show, maybe post links of these matches underneath it. Or can we get in trouble sharing RuTube? No, I think we can. All right, we should do that. So, yeah, in the future, we'll, we'll try our best to maybe share one of these two, uh, two of these matches so you can enjoy them as well. Yeah, hopefully you don't have the same um, uh, YouTube uh, frustrations of the buffering. Yeah, fucking <laughs> man. Oh, this was great. This was a, a bunch of, of great wrestling, and uh, yeah, man, it was it was, uh, it was a fun time. Indeed, we do. Um, any any other news? Any we've got the big um, all out show coming up. You gonna be watching that one live? I believe so. I don't see why not. Yep, I'm, I'm going to be ordering it, have uh, some of the guys coming over, and we're going to watch it together. But in Australia, that same day, which I only realised yesterday, falls upon Father's Day. Oh, Dad's Day. Mm. So uh, we're going to watch the pay-per-view live at 9am. That's, that's the time it'll be in Brisbane. Um, and then uh, I guess I'll uh, go for go for some beers or something with Dad afterwards. Awesome. I uh, am probably going to have to pay, shell out the full price for myself. Um, m- multiple reasons. I don't really have anybody who wants to come over and watch it with me. And I don't know if I necessarily want to invite anybody into my home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Joking>. <laughs> my roommates don't want to watch wrestling. Justin probably has something going on. So I'll be shelling out my 50 or $60 and watching the damn show. Dang. Man, I support it's crazy AEW. to me that pay-per-view is that expensive in America. Especially with like how expensive American dollars are here, because we're getting it for I, like thirty three dollars on. Um, I could get five. it for free. I'm sure I could find it for free, but I'd feel like a dickhead. Yeah, not well, supporting wrestling. That's what I mean. We have to support, but to support, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of nuts that um, pay per view can can be that expensive. Like, it's a weird Australian thing. I think we're not used to paying that much. I don't know. Annoyed. But yeah, I'll be shelling out $33 dues, um, which is probably like 20 oh, American all the dollars. Money, all your dollars down there, huh? The dollar dues. dues. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the show, man. Um, I A lot of people sounded like they're real disappointed with the way that it shook out with the Moxley not um, wrestling Kenny on it. But I actually think it's for the best. Hey, did you watch that awesome... Um, promo that that kenny cut uh on the the latest being the elite in response to it i do not watch being an elite i have so much going on but i did hear he said something like he didn't give a fuck about it not being there basically yeah yeah i like i don't regularly watch being the elite but i heard there were a really awesome um kenny promo on it and a really awesome jericho promo but which i, I re- recommend both of them actually a bit less of the the silliness that you're kind of used to on the show, but uh, well, that's good. Yeah, I, I I thought the Kenny promo was like one of the best he's ever cut in his life. Um, really got over the the sort of heel side of it, I guess. Um, 
and kind of like brought a realness as well, kind of like burying Moxley for, for doing the, the G1 before it, before such an important match and how he disappointed his opponent, disappointed his fans and all these people that really wanted to see the match and now they can't because Moxley fucked it up for him. And... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and he, he really came across like a piece of shit. And he's like, yeah, the thing I should, you know, I'm supposed to sit, sit here and, and say, you know, I, I wish you recovery because I look forward to us doing this match and you get better. But, you know, fuck that. I could care less if this match ever happens because you, fuck you. <laughs> I thought it was real good. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm checking that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and no, I think it, it's, it does better um, for the, the storytelling of it because I think us, us them putting the match off a bit further into the future, maybe like on one of the early TVs or something like that. Um, I think it's better for it. And I'm like really into the idea of Kenny Omega and Park. I think that should be awesome as well. Probably in ring an actual better match than the other one anyway. I don't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But uh, it's an interesting dynamic. A lot of people were saying, is it weird that, Kenny has cut such a heel promo on Moxley, which is good for their feud, you know, because you think Moxley's going to be the baby face and Kenny be the heel. But now the idea of like him working Park and Park's like the ultimate, you know, bastard Park dickhead heel. So it's like a heel versus heel match. But I mean, I think sometimes heel versus heel can be a good thing. Plus, uh, just because Moxley can't wrestle a match doesn't mean he can't like show up to interfere and maybe cause. Uh, Kenny to lose and continue that feud, you know? Aren't they uh, doing a, a thing where there's going to be no dirty finishes in uh, All Elite? What? Yeah, that's what they're, they're trying to say. They're trying to make a more sports-oriented, less um, bullshit, cheap finishes and uh, no interference and trying to make wins matter and all that kind of stuff. I did not know that. That's fucking stupid. Don't you think it'd be a bit disappointing one of the main biggest matches on the biggest show of the year ends in a fuck finish? Well, it would necessarily have to be totally fucked. He could just show up in the crowd and just be a mild distraction. Like Kenny could, of course, then still get the upper hand at some point. They don't have to make it totally what causes the end of the match, but he could show up. I don't know. It sounds goofy to me that there's never going to be any screwy finishes. What? I mean, I don't think there's never, ever, but they're going to really try to keep them to a minimum, which I think is important. You know, you have the... valuable. I get that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Either way, I'm I'm looking forward to After that promo, it'd be ridiculous Moxley to show up. Like, oh, he's got some real shit. I guess I'll just hang out back here. (laughs) In my mind, I think it'd be better if he comes post-match and beats him up, maybe. Oh, I I see. I don't know. That's kind of what they did last time, though. So Yeah, I, I respect we'll your see what patch. Happens. I'll show up later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I may hate you, but I respect rules. Yeah. I'm the lunatic fringe. Dean Ambrose. Oh, no, that's it. <laughs> no, not, not lunatic fringe anymore. Don't say that. Oops. Um, yeah, you, anything else on this show? You're, are, you, are you into the Hangman Jericho thing? Yeah, yeah, man, I like Hangman a lot. Jericho, I mean, he pretty much works great with everybody. Like, even mm-hmm. older Jericho is still cool. I, I think older Jericho is even better. I think just the desperation that he wrestles with and that comes across in his promos. Um, I thought the last episode that the road to all out was um, incredible 
like there was a great promo from Hangman about just how he had to win this match and how the idea that like, you know, if Jericho doesn't win this match, he's still Jericho. But if Hangman loses this match, you know, this is the, the one and like people won't look at him the same way or they won't give him the credibility and like he just absolutely needs it. So I was I was originally thinking, yeah, of course Jericho will go over here. Um, Hangman can get it sometime in the future. But then after seeing that promo, it's almost like, got me second guessing it which i think is like the exact intention of the promo so i'm into it man yeah sometimes they'll they'll write they'll do a promo where it's like well now if he doesn't win he looks like an asshole (laughs) like they do it in wwe all the time they'll like guys will say they'll make a guarantee where if they don't win they're basically say i'm an idiot and i suck but then they'll go out there and they lose well, that is so, one of the oldest rules in wrestling. You can't have your baby face make an absolute guarantee and yeah. then come out a liar. Otherwise, you've fucked your baby face. Yeah. It's, why would you do that? Mm. Anyway. Like Chad Gable this week on SmackDown, he basically, that was his deal. He's like, I, I have to do this. Like, otherwise, I'm a, basically a loser. And then, yeah, he, he won, of course. Right. Like, what an asshole they would make him look out. Like, he was out there and just, oh, shit. Two minutes. You know my favorite one of that? Hmm. When um, height of piece of shit Shawn Michaels, uh, when he had the the, the feud with, I think I it was this Davy Boy, Davy Boy Smith, and um, hmm? they're having the, the first European title match in the UK, and in the build-up to it, Davy um, puts the, what's it called, when you, when you, promise the win of the match to like a loved one type of deal oh dedicate yeah yeah so he dedicated the match to his uh his sister who was like dying of cancer because he was like supposed to go over and then um <laughs> and he, he was guaranteed he was going to go over and then piece of shit Shawn Michaels gets it flipped so then he loses the 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 match that he dedicated to his dying sister then she dies like a couple of months later what a loser Ooh, right <laughs> That's actually pretty funny, but it's not in like the best way. I'm, just, I'm laughing because how evil it is. Shawn yeah. Michaels is such a dickhead, right? <laughs> I, I, as a fan, loved that era Shawn Michaels because I didn't realize how what a dickhead he was backstage. But I liked pilled out cranky Shawn Michaels in the ring. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> pilled out cranky Shawn. <laughs> yeah, when you're like yelling at Vader to get up or move, you fat fuck or whatever, like. Oh. oh shit! What a dickhead! But I, it makes me laugh. Like, how could a guy yell at Vader like that? Such <laughs> a pussy like, as well. Like yeah. all of the shit. Like you see Ric Flair like getting the fuck beat out of him by Vader. A guy in his like early, would he been early forties at that point? I guess during that awesome feud yeah. they had. And then you have fucking Sean, prime of his career, and he can't take a bloody couple of Vader clubs without acting like a fucking dickhead. Lighten up, up, Leon. (laughs) I like how we didn't even call him Vader. He's just like just so disrespectful. They called him Leon. Yeah, I guess. uh, I guess what Randy Orton is of that that same uh, Shawn Michaels ilk. Remember that? Yeah, bloody was it the Kofi match? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, had the Kofi's getting over. Nope, not no mo. Nope, nope, man. This is kind of a negative show at point. <laughs> yeah, we, I was hoping we'd have a, a nice uh, nice happy ending, but we just ended up complaining about Shawn Michaels for 10 minutes. 
<laughs> and he's one of my favorite wrestlers too. He's like, I, I questionably kind of a prick, but whatever. Ooh, ooh. All right, let's get out of here. Let's put over some shit. What's cool? What's going on with you? What do you got going on? Maybe plug the network. The network, the Don Callis uh, network from ECW <laughs> on TNN. Hell yeah, <laughs> Cyrus the virus. Love that shit. <laughs> that was a really underrated angle. Um, but no, the network that I believe you're speaking of is the Social Suplex Podcast the same. Network. Of yes. oh, they're the same one. That that's the, yeah. the Cyrus. Is part. Oh wow, it's Man. an extension. Yeah. Man, interesting. The things that you learn. Wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the home of the proud home of grown men watch this shit. Uh, in addition to a bevy of other delightful podcasts such as uh, One Nation Radio um, and, of course, our, our good friends at uh, the Keeping It Strong Style podcast with Josh and other Jeremy. Uh, you're not gonna, uh, please do not bury them this time. <laughs> Those guys are great. They're great guys. <laughs> got, got some heat for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not really. We're all friends. We're all friends. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, follow that, all of that good stuff, uh, at the, so, what's the fucking website? Damn it, this is what happens when I don't have the file open, so I'm not uh, reading isn't the notes. social socialsuplex.podbean or some shit? <laughs> I told you guys this was a dumpster fire of a podcast. We're being serious here. We are on the social suplex. It's on iTunes, so you can get it there. I know that. Yeah. I believe it's socialsuplex.com. That, that'll work, I think. Yeah. Just Google social suplex and you'll find us. <laughs> this is a mess. This is a fucking mess. <laughs> um, yeah, socialsuplex.com. Um, yeah, follow it. Yeah, Check it out on, uh, on pod iTunes. Uh, give some reviews. Uh, rate and... Uh, I don't know. It's late here. Over to your plug, sir. Let's try to uh, fix this up. I am up. Jeremy Tate. I'm at James Vanderbeek. J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. Uh, yeah, if you want to look at funny things, you can follow me there. If you don't already and you still listen to the show, that's real weird. <laughs> um, props for that that uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien one you did the <laughs> other day, sir. That yeah, was incredible. Yeah, a couple good ones this last, this last week. Sorry, sir. Go on. You know, you cut out actually. I I said I had a couple of good ones this week, but you were saying. No, I was just putting it over as well. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> out <of> internet. <laughs> so yeah, my shit was good. Chris liked it. All right. Yeah, yeah. As as did a bunch of other people. The, the, yes, the goodness course. continues over at uh, J A I M S Vanderbeek on the Twitter. Also at Chris Things on the Twitter, but mostly at Chris Things on the Instagram. Uh, check all of that stuff out. Got some wrestling art going. Uh, you can buy prints. You can even potentially get a, a commission. Uh, check it all out. And uh, make sure, most of all, you follow us at Grown Men Pod on the Twitter. There we go. I brought Hell it back. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. I think we'll have one more of these before we head to LA and Mexico, right? I travel over there on like September 11th. It's kind of scary. But, uh, oh, shit. 
one would think that the odds are in my favour there. Yeah. Uh, but what is that like? Two weeks away? How are we looking here? Will I be able? Will we be able to do another one before I leave? We'll try. We'll try. We're gonna try the bus one out before he gets out of here. So we'll talk to you soon, ladies and germs. We will. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We always appreciate it. And uh, yes. what do you have to say, my friend? Get swifty, ladies and germs. Hey. All right. See you later. Bye.